Welcome to the Take Back Your Territory podcast. My name is Lindsay Wenland. These podcast episodes are not just about education, but also transformation. With a biblical perspective, you will learn how to reclaim your life over the power of food and step into a victorious way of living your life to glorify God. As a master coach in holistic health, I'm not just here to talk about the body or the spirit, but coach you as the whole person that you are, spirit, soul, mind, and body. For more information about the Food Freedom book and coaching program, head over to TakeBackYourTerritory.com and follow on social media at TakeBackYourTerritory. Now, let's get started. Welcome to episode 73 of the Take Back Your Territory podcast. Today, we are talking about making declarations with food. To preface this entire podcast, I just want to apologize for background noise. Um, There are chickens in my yard. There are birds in my trees. There might be some type of deer rutting (laughs) in my nearby woods. Um, But I live a real and authentic life, and I don't have a sound studio. So welcome to my room. So if you've been following me, um, listening to these podcasts, or even if you read Food Freedom, the first book, you will know that we have removed rules and we have brought in rhythms and um, we're moving into making declarations about who we are and how we eat. And that's what we're going over today on this podcast. You will be hearing more about rhythms and this perspective that I have on it as the podcast move forward. Um... The thing that I want you to know is that every single thing that I record, every single thing that I'm writing, every single thing that I'm posting, it is because I've heard from the Lord and he has said go. What you also may need to understand is that I am fleshing this out right along with you. Um, I'm living and moving and operating in freedom, but I also live and move and operate in my humanity. I'm still human. I still have a body. I still have fleshy desires. I still have a soul. I still have emotions. And I still, let's just say I have not attained everything in the kingdom of God that is mine. I'm still working at my own salvation with fear and trembling. And so I come to you as a person of humility, um, but I also come to you as a person in author- with authority in Christ. Um, So, making declarations. Um, Food freedom is not rooted on rules. It is not rooted on the way that the world does things. It is not conformed to the patterns of the world. It actually works on renewing your mind, changing your mindset, allowing the Lord to work in and move in these really hard places of our hearts. Um, When we've gone to food, to numb or to feed or to not feel our emotions, we develop habits and we develop lifestyles and we develop grooves into our brain that says, when I'm feeling an emotion, this is what I've done. This is the outcome. I feel better. Um, So let's continue to do that. 
But what happens when a stronghold sets up um, in our mind and in our souls, when we continue to go after worldly things to fix a heart condition, to fix a soul condition, when we continue to try to feed an emotional emptiness with a physical thing, the emptiness will just grow. The pit will just get deeper. The ache will just become greater. And what I've learned on the back end of using food and emotions, whether it be binging or just overeating or overindulging, what's waiting on me on the back end is shame and fear and judgment and this need to fix what I've done, this need to parent myself in a way that does not align with kindness or compassion or also doesn't align with bringing me up into a standard of godly health and wellness and wholeness. So what we do over here at Food Freedom is we strip away all of the things that we know, all of the things that we've learned, all of the diets, all of the counting, all of the premeditated whatevers. We take all of that stuff off. We dig up those old foundations. We make decisions that the way that I've been doing things, I can no longer do them. Because God is trying to get me into this freedom that his son paid for. God is trying to get me to come up into my most holiest of faith, work out my salvation with fear and trembling, and take this gift of freedom, take this gift by faith, and run with it. And he will use these places that the world will call shameful. He'll use addiction. He'll use idolatry. He'll use the sin that once used to entrap us. He'll use that and he'll turn it for good and he'll turn it to glorify himself. Sin and shame and this self-judgment, self-harm and self-hate, it it glorifies sin itself. It glorifies the flesh. It glorifies what is not of God. But when we surrender and we allow the Lord to take hold of it and, and work his way and his will into it, just like Romans twenty eight twenty eight says, that he will turn it all for good. And we get to glorify him in it. That's why I say when I rattle off my list of of certifications at the beginning of some of these podcasts, I say, I'm not trying to, to sell you on you thinking that I know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to let you know that I have all this information. I have all this education. But what I needed was transformation. The Lord took my mess he made it a message and he's turned it into my mission. And that was only able to happen um, because I took him at his word that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free in Galatians 5.1. All right, so food freedom is based on identity in Christ and identity, identity alone. It is not based on anything else. Um, if you are in the group coaching and if you have now read 2.0, which will be out in November, um, 
there's four things that this coaching is built on. Number one, it's the word of God. Number two, it's intimacy with God. Number three, it's prayer. And number four is identity. All of these things are in, you know, if you follow me on Take Back Your Territory, if, if you know what it actually means to take back your territory, it is our spiritual, our physical, our emotional, and our mental health. All of those things have a seat at our table. All of, of those aspects of our lives are what create us as a whole being. Because you're not just a body, and you're not just spirit. You're not just this robotic person that, you know, as Paul says, to not live by the flesh, but to live by the spirit. What if, what if you have fallen so much into a ditch that, that you're robotic even in that following the spirit? Because the truth is, is that you are here, you are on earth, you are still alive, and you do have emotions, and you do have triggers, and you do have feelings. And there are things and people around you that will offend you. It is, of course, your choice to pick up offense and to carry it, or to leave it lying there. But we are constantly in these environments that test our faith, and test our will, and test our resolve. And we can use these places and these spaces as our training ground and to prove our faith and to prove our belief, or we can allow them to take us out and take us down. And I believe that every single day we have a choice to show up or to not show up. We have the choice to show off ourselves to put ourselves on platforms and pedestals and to um to think that we're above people or we have the opportunity to show off christ and what he's done in us to the glory of the lord not to our own glory free will is rooted in love love means that you have been given a choice. In my marriage, my marriage is rooted on love and in truth. And every single day, I choose my husband. Every single day, I choose to show up for him, to love him, to pray for him, to be his best friend. And every single day, he chooses to do the same. It doesn't mean that every day I do it well. It doesn't mean I do it gracefully. It doesn't mean that I'm the best wife. To be honest, I have a lot to learn. But it does mean that every single day I choose him and I choose to love him. So when we make declarations with food, a lot of times these can be confused with goals. So to first kind of clean off the dust. We aren't making what goals. We make who goals. When we make declarations, we are not saying what we are going to do. We say who we are. And because of who we are, 
this is what I'm going to do. A lot of times, especially now in America, or maybe it's just this thing, that's probably why we have Mary and Martha in the Bible. Um, But we can fall into the trap and into the lie that that what I do, that, that I get my worth and that I get my value and that I get my love based on what I do. And we can often think that because I'm busy, that must mean that I'm important. And that must mean that I'm productive. Or because I can perfectly follow this rule, that must mean that I'll have success. But life is not black and white like that. And God is certainly not a God who wants us to check every box and and. I had my quiet time. Check. I did my workout. Check. I ate fruits and vegetables and no sugar today. Check. I drank half my body weight in ounces in water today. Check. I kissed my husband goodbye. Check. I made dinner for my kids. Check. I took the dogs for a walk. Check. I picked up the poop. Check. Check. I must be doing it right. What if in that Bible study that you checked off, what if just reading the one scripture that you had today or listening to the Bible study or answering the questions, yes or no, what if the thing that was lacking wasn't the check mark, but it was the intention of of being relational? It was the intention of being intimate with the Lord, with God, with his word, with his Holy Spirit, with Jesus. Because we must fundamentally rid ourselves on our identities in Christ, with God. But that identity comes out of intimacy. That identity comes out of allowing the Lord to tell us about ourselves Allowing the Lord to put his finger on something in our life that says that isn't serving you and I need you to drop it. And in loving obedience, we decide to drop it. We decide to surrender it and pick it up no more. That comes out of intimacy. That comes out of a relationship. And that is what we're working on here. The next podcast, I'm going to be talking about sugar and cholesterol, and vitamin D, and all of these other physical things. But at the end of the day, if we're not allowing the Lord to strip us of things that we've hooked in, and we've allowed ourselves to be identified by, if we don't allow Him to uncover and then replace if we're not surrendering and exchanging things with him then can I be so bold and ask you if you really have relationship with him because 
This doesn't happen every single day, but 80% of my days. There's a conviction. There's a conflict between my flesh and his Holy Spirit putting his finger on something in my life that I've been holding on to that is creating a death in me. I'm not even talking about sin. I'm saying that I allow death and and unforgiveness and grief and, and my own rights and my own ways to take up residence. And I allow these things to create a wedge, to create a chasm in between me and the Lord. A lot of times I'll freak out and I'll say, I don't hear God anymore. He feels so distant from me. And, and there's a whisper of the Holy Spirit that says, I haven't moved. It's you that got distracted. It's you that got distant. It's you that allowed your ears to be tickled. It's you that looked the other way. It wasn't me. I didn't leave. I've always been here. So again, I go through this stripping period of, all right, what did I put on? What kind of coat? What kind of vest? What big puffy pants did I decide to wear? What cement shoes did I lace upon my feet to not allow me to walk forward and to walk freely? And then I go through this stripping process again to come up and to come freer and to come lighter in before him. And it doesn't have to be that way. But that's where the enemy works. He works in distraction and dysfunction and chaos. He likes to drop these ideas in our heads. Satan doesn't read our mind. He can't read our mind, but he certainly puts things into our mind. And with our words and with our actions, he sees if we take the bait. And he can drop something into our thoughts. Something into our emotions, something into our life. And it's at that time that we choose to pick it up or not. It's, a, it's at that time that we choose to pick it up and own it as our own and to carry it as if it is. It's at that time that we choose to invite it into our lives and say, well, this must be mine because I felt it. This must be mine because I thought it. That's the biggest lie that's floating around out there that we don't have control of our thoughts and we don't have control of our emotions. That's a lie. It says in the Bible that you have a spirit of power and love and self-control, which is also a sound mind and self-discipline. The enemy works in distraction, dysfunction, destruction, and accusation. But we are to take Take it quickly to the Lord and confront the sin, confront the thought, confront the idea, confront the emotion and say, is this mine? Or is this the enemy trying to tempt me to look the other way? A leader in Revelation Wellness, Amia Freeman, she says, don't decorate your ditch. 
and don't allow others to to decorate the ditch that you're in. If you find yourself in a ditch, get out. We are not to associate with people that allow us to stay in our dysfunction. It's the enemy. The enemy's MO, his motive, is to isolate and to dominate. It's to keep you down, to keep you acting and moving and living in God's kingdom. And one of those ways that he's used me and he's used many other people is with the very gift of God, food. And even if there hasn't been a dysfunctional relationship with food in your life, for some reason we associate guilt with food rather than a gift. We associate food with guilt rather than a gift. Let's go back and declare that food is a gift. Yes, there are foods out there that we should not be eating. Yes, there are man-made, factory-made, plant-made foods that are there to tempt us and to trick us and to get us addicted and to get us to buy them over and over and over again, that they hit that pleasure or we use them in our pain. But when we come into the natural, when we come into the whole, we come into the wellness, we can see all of God's provision for food. And we get to declare that we are the people that eats God's food and God's way. We come up to a godly standard in our eating. All right, so making declarations with food. Craig Rochelle said in one of his Bible studies, when you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know who you are, you know what to do. So in Food Freedom, we make declarations and we say, this is who I am. This is how I eat. I am a healthy person and therefore I eat in a healthy way. In Food Freedom, we let God tell us who we are in his word. We let our true selves rise up. We tell the atmosphere around us who we are. And we boldly and fully walk in our identities in Christ as we walk this world. So I'm going to share a couple of what I wrote wrote down today in my declarations. Because what you will find, especially in the group coaching, is that we write out our declarations. And you could totally full stop there. You could just full stop. This is who I am. 
and this is how I eat. But we take steps to flesh these things out, to fully get a grasp on living and moving and working and eating to the glory of the Lord based on intimacy and based on identity. So I will share one with you. Um, Because when I went through this exercise for myself as far as declaring who I am, what also came out of me is declaring who I'm not. Sometimes it's so much easier to focus on the things that we're not, whether it be a positive or negative light, than it is to primarily focus on who we actually are. But once you can identify who we're not, then it is definitely easier to identify who we are. So based on the exercises that you did in rebuilding your why and working through that, whether it be in the book or in the group coaching, we make our declarations based on this vision, um, based on the intimacy and based on this new foundation that we've built with Christ in truth, in love, in spirit. We've talked about surrender. We've talked about stewardship. We've talked about um, really just making this, this exchange for what the world has tried to put on us and tried to lead us to believe about ourselves and about our bodies and about the way we should be eating. But then laying those things aside and then coming into the way that the Lord has for us, um, which is definitely a higher standard, a godly standard, and is an act of obedience, really. So not just in food, but I wrote out... Um, who I am in my food, my finances, my business, my social media space, um, who I am as a wife, who I am as a mother, who I am as a friend, um, and even who I am as an athlete, because that is something that I used to struggle with, considering myself an athlete. Um, So this is what I wrote as my declaration, who I am. This is who I am and what I do. I am a woman who eats only to fuel her body and to feel well. I do not eat for pleasure or for pain. I am a woman who has a healthy relationship with food. I ask the Lord for help with my decisions. I choose whole, natural, healthy food that makes me feel well. I eat on the hunger scale between a one and a four. I eat vegetables, fruit, meats, healthy fats. I eat what is found in nature. I don't eat chemicals. I am a a woman that does not eat refined sugar or artificial sweetener, but I do enjoy a treat with my family one time a week on Sundays. I am a woman that eats wholesome meals. I eat at a four. I stop. No, sorry. I eat at a one. I stop at a four. I focus on nutritionally dense food, not glorifying the senses. So that was um, my declaration of who I am 
around food. I don't eat for pleasure. I don't eat for pain. I follow the hunger scale. I eat vegetables and fruits and meats and healthy fats. I eat what is found in nature. I will probably add in there that I will listen, that I am a woman that listens to my hunger and satiety cues. Um, But that definitely goes along with eating according to the hunger scale. So this is an example of creating a declaration for who you are, for who God says you are, for how he has tailored your standard for eating. This will look different for absolutely everyone. A lot of women in my group coaching, the Lord has led them to create a food plan that he has said, said, said to them on Sunday nights, you write out what you're going to eat all week and you follow that plan. A lot of um, other women in my group, it is a minute by minute, hour by hour, meal by meal. I guess I'm not putting pickles on that <laughs> type of a situation. But whether you're making a food plan or you're flying by the seat of the Holy Spirit in the moment, all of these things are coming into obedience, coming into full identity, and coming out of intimacy with the Lord and His Holy Spirit. So what happens? What happens when we make these declarations when we start to flesh these things out when we start stripping ourselves or and or just allowing the lord to strip us of these false identities and idolatries and false gods and you know things that no longer serve us what happens when we screw up i believe that in our failures in our frailty in in our weaknesses. We can allow them to keep us down. We can allow them to define us. We can allow them to hinder us from moving towards freedom. Or we can use them as stepping stools to cross over into freedom even quicker. The enemy certainly doesn't want us to forgive ourselves. The enemy doesn't want us to look for lessons in what we did or why we did it. He doesn't want us going around looking with our little Holy Spirit flashlight. The enemy doesn't want us asking questions or pushing into the hard places. He doesn't want us feeling our emotions, asking, is this even mine? He doesn't want us thinking our thoughts, asking, is that my thought? Or is that put there by somebody else? Is that the truth? Lord, is that the truth? It's just like the garden. It's just like the temptation. It's just like the serpent. Did God really say that? Well, let's go ask him. The enemy wants you to stay stuck. He wants you pulling at the fat rolls around your stomach pushing on the saddlebags on your thighs, pulling at your hips, watching your arms flail around, paying attention to that double chin in pictures. He wants you insecure. He wants you to feel accused. 
He wants you to feel that you do not have the victory over him. But the fact is, is that you already have the victory and that he was paraded around as a spectacle. He was mocked, he was shamed, and he was stripped. Satan has been defeated, but he hasn't yet surrendered. That's why we, as followers of Christ, surrender ourselves to God. We get the victory in our surrender. We get the freedom in our obedience. We get to advance God's kingdom in humility and authority. And that's why you can go about declaring who you are in Christ and what you will and will not eat and what you will and will not do. And you can do all of these things rooted in truth and identity. But I want you to ask yourself and to ask the Holy Spirit if you truly believe these things about yourself, do you really believe that you're beloved? Do you really believe that you're anointed? Do you really believe that you have a high calling on your life? Do you really believe that you have the victory? Because we root ourselves, we, we stand firm, we stand therefore, we take up the armor of God based on these beliefs. And if we don't know, or we don't believe, then we first have to go after the foundation of which we're standing upon. So before you start declaring and decreeing and and working these things out, I want you to truly ask yourself and, and allow the Holy Spirit to come in. Lord, if I'm in unbelief or if I'm in doubt, help help my unbelief, help my doubt. Clean it out of me so that I may fully be rooted on who you say I am. So that this this is not another false thing. This is not another thing that feels good in the moment. But when it comes to actually fleshing it out, I get shaky. Fully allow the Lord to come in. Because the thing that you need to know about him and his Holy Spirit is that he is gentle. He is lowly. He is kind and he is compassionate. And he's not going to put his finger on anything that you're not ready to let go. He's not going to ask you to forgive somebody that you're not ready to forgive. And even if you don't feel like you're ready, you can still ask the Lord to help you forgive them. Help me realize, Lord, help me see, help me forgive, help me endure. Lord, you're asking me to surrender. Help me surrender. You are equipped and you are empowered. And you do have the victory. But you have to know it in your heart. You have to know it in here. So that you may go.
I know we squirreled and we got off track and we weren't like super bulleted on the whole thing about declarations. But when you start making declarations to yourself, to the world, to the atmosphere, to whatever kingdoms are coming, small K, because there's only one big K kingdom. Your faith and your belief in that is going to be tested. It's going to be put on trial. The fire will come. The storm will come. And we can either build with wood, hay, and straw, or we can build with precious stones and precious gems. But both of them are going to go through the fire. Both of them are going, going to go through a proving process. And, and only one of them isn't going to break our hearts. So go back. Go back to the Lord. Lord, who do you say I am? Lord, how do you say I shall eat? Come up into that standard. Make those declarations. And stand therefore, And keep standing. If you want more information on the group coaching or one-on-one coaching, you can go to takebackyourterritory.com slash coaching. You can send me an email, lindsay 5 at gmail.com. To sign up for our newsletter, just head over to the website, takebackyourterritory.com. Follow me on social media at takebackyourterritory. Until next time, keep moving forward.